0: Cowabunga dudes, I'm SJ, the word burglar, and today Sean Hatton and I are gonna get lean, green, and on the screen with everybody's favorite mutant ninja turtle teens. We're gonna watch their 1990 motion picture debut and answer the burning question, do you still like this? Did you ever like a movie one time in your life but don't know if you still do? You don't have time to watch it at the moment. Me and a guest will for you. See me, some strangers and some friends of mine are gonna see what flick stand the test of time. So if you're curious to know what holds up and what doesn't, about some old movie you saw with your cousin, you're in the right place, and you know you might just find out. Do you still like this?
1: <laughs> and we're here, Sean, Hatton, Kawabunga, and uh, Bossa Nova. <laughs> I had never heard any of those words before Ninja Turtles, and then it turns out that a lot of them are actual, you know, slang, cool, cool dudes would say this i i assume oh totally well
0: ninja turtles introduced everyone to like leonardo and michelangelo like the names like oh that's a real person i remember my mom being like you want a michelangelo action figure (laughs) (laughs) can you imagine Imagine. (laughs) this
1: is a this is really good coffee by the way yeah yeah
0: Uh, March 30th, 1990, the Ninja Turtles hit the big screen. And you liked this as a kid, right? I'm correct in in that Yeah, I certainly
1: did. And I was a little late to Ninja Turtles. I remember seeing the commercials for the toys and thinking that they looked ridiculous and I didn't really like them. And then I watched the show and it got me into it and then I thought it was cool. And then, of course, I had to to have the action figures, the party wagon, van, and... Yeah, the mania. that swept us all. Exactly. And when the movie came out, I was like, oh, my God, there's a movie. They're real. Like, this isn't a cartoon anymore. Because it started as a comic in
0: 1984. Right. And then the first cartoon started December 28th. I've got it here in my notes. 1987. And fun fact, which you probably know, in North America, we got the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right. But in Europe, they, they had... Didn't. The teenage
1: mutant hero, hero turtles. turtles. <laughs> well, they're
0: heroes. It's... Totally. That yeah, you can't argue
1: with that. Yeah. But was
0: ninja a bad word?
1: I guess so. I guess there was like connotations that they would just kill you in your sleep, maybe? I don't know. I also watched things like American Ninja around the same time. I was, you know, I grew up watching Kung Fu movies with my cousin Wayne, and we would rent Bruce Lee movies. We would we had these weird 8th generation VHS tapes of kung fu movies like The Five Deadly Venoms oh, and that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, Ninja Turtles was right up my alley in a way like it was all that goofiness.
0: Right up your sewer. Perhaps. Exactly, right up the
1: sewer <laughs> laneway, whatever they're called. And so you were right, you were on board. I was on board. I was taking taekwondo classes. So just to set the mindset of where I was when this movie came out, I was really into martial arts and I was really into Ninja Turtles. So this to me was the biggest thing ever.
0: Yeah, and you could not escape Ninja Turtles. I mean, even now they're like their household name now, but I, we were at the cusp like when we were kids like Ninja Turtles was really just picking up. Like the underground comic scene definitely had blown up and then by 87 once the cartoon hit and the toys hit and then the movie was really like 6 years into the turtles lifespan, they get this motion picture with uh like Jim Henson's uh Creature Shop worked on it yep. for the the live action and it, it was Gritty. It was cool. It was crazy. Um, so this was made by director was Steve Barron, correct? Right. Yeah, and who he wasn't really known for much film stuff, right? He worked, I, I think, he was a camera assistant on Superman.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure about that, but I know he's known for his music video work up until this point. And uh, I believe that when this movie was being pitched, there was some problems in finding financing people that wanted to actually make this movie because it just seemed ridiculous. And, you know, lo and behold, they they finally did find a company to release it, to work on it. And, yeah. I mean, it, it's one of these movies where, as a kid, you watch it and your mind is just going all over the place because I don't know what your introduction to Ninja Turtles was, but mine was the actual cartoon. So the cartoon takes some creative liberties from the original black and white comic that Eastman and Laird did. Things are toned down a lot. Uh, it's nowhere near as violent. There's a really goofy element introduced. You know, um, they're pizza loving teens. A lot. There's a lot of hijinks, I would say.
0: Yeah, and the comics, they drank beer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would go <laughs> read later on in life, but yeah. which
1: yeah. Which makes sense. You totally would. If you were like a teenager living in the sewer, you're going to be into beer. Totally. Right? It was an
0: independent film. It made it grossed like two hundred million. Yeah, which was unheard of. It was at, ridiculous. At the, it was ridiculous. And you just saying like that, you raise a really interesting point. The fact that nobody wanted to finance this movie and it wound up being so independent. I mean, today it, it seems like a no brainer, right? Like knowing what we know now of how enormous Ninja Turtles, it's it's hard to. You know, conceive someone pitching a Ninja Turtles movie and someone saying, No, that won't make money. Exactly. Like, are you crazy? Because this went on to have two direct sequels, and then there was like a live action TV show with like right. the Venus Turtle they introduced. Yep. Secret of the Ooze was the second movie with Vanilla Ice and Ninja Rap, and Turtles in Time or the Samurai one. Yeah, it was was Ninja Turtles three.
1: Yeah, Uh, a lot of people call it Turtles in Time because there was the video game Turtles in Time. Right. But uh, one of the main uh, plot points in Ninja Turtles three is that they could be transported back to like feudal times um, by holding this lamp that would switch their place in time with someone else previous to them with the same mass or something. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've seen the third one, to be honest. I only saw it the one time ever. Yeah, and I felt here. that that was enough. I, yeah,
0: even as a kid, I knew it wasn't good. Yeah. Same with Secret of the Ooze. I remember thinking, being so excited for that. Yeah. But we are talking about the original movie. That's and right. I, I can clearly remember going to Empire Theater in Bedford, just outside of Halifax. I believe it took us three times to actually get in because this was back then when it was playing in one theater and every single kid was trying to go see this movie and my parents took us there and we couldn't get in the first two times and it was like the third weekend it had been out so at this point, all the kids on the school ground people were rapping the Ninja Turtles song they had the tape, they'd seen the movie, they were quoting stuff I felt like I knew the movie before I saw it and I clearly remember going in and just uh, this insane like crowd of kids it was like the most kids i'd ever seen anywhere yeah in this theater and sitting down and the lights went down and then the music comes up and wow i was blown away i loved this movie so revisiting it now i was i was a bit nervous because it's been years since i've seen it
1: so i've got a very close relationship with this movie that i'll I'll divulge as the podcast continues, but my first time seeing it actually mirrors yours uh, almost eerily. So the movie came out, and at that point, the only other movie I'd seen in theaters was Ghostbusters 2, which was a great movie, good first movie for a kid to see, <laughs> sure, I would say. Yeah. There are parts where I was scared during that one. Yeah, but that's kind of a little anyway. creepy, Vigo. He's little yeah, creepy. yeah, he's a creepy-faced creepy, creepy face guy. Uh, so <laughs> I went to the movie theater with my dad when it had opened, and... There was a line around the entire building. We went to this little theater yeah. in Brampton. It was on the corner of Vauden Street and Kennedy. And it was like the only theater around. There were three screens. Ninja Turtles was on one of those screens. And there was a line around the building. And my dad is a bit of a grumpy guy. And he was like, what's with this line? Like, he had never seen anything like this. And No parent had. Uh, yeah, and I don't <laughs> think he had gone to <laughs> movies a lot either. Yeah, Like, it, w- it just wasn't his thing and we found out that it was sold out, and I was crushed, and it was sold out, Like we went for like the seven-something show, that was sold out, and the one after that was sold out. And these were days when you couldn't just go see a movie every hour. It's like, oh, is Thor sold out? I'll just see it in the next 30 minutes instead of exactly, now. Right? Exactly, Like You had to wait, there were like three screenings a day. So we went back the next weekend, and same thing. And then the third weekend, we were actually at a family gathering at my uncle Hanny's place and uh, his kids, Michael and Michelle. Michelle was uh, a lot younger than than us. she and my sister around the same age. Um, we all went. Uh, so there was like five cousins and then my uncle and my dad. We We went in two cars and we managed to get in to see this movie. Amazing. And I believe one of my cousins had to pee in the middle of the movie which was bad because he had to leave (laughs) and he missed a whole bunch of stuff. But I just remember thinking, I can't believe this. It looks so good. It's so real. Um, One thing that put me off a little bit was I was so used to the cartoon voices Mm -hmm. and hearing different voices for the characters was a little weird for me at that age. But um, I loved it. I thought it was amazing. I just couldn't get enough of it. It was so amazing to me, like such a a life-changing experience that – I had to have the soundtrack. I got the tape. I got the blue tape because the the tapes came in every color of the Ninja Yeah, I had the orange one for Michelangelo, yeah. I didn't get to choose. I would have chosen the red because I was a Raphael kind of guy, but I ended up with the blue. Um, And then when it came out on VHS, my family didn't have a VCR, so I basically concocted a plan that was like, okay, you know how... Aunt Cheryl has a VCR, and they could rent movies every week. Like, every time we go there, there's a new movie. Don't you want to get a VCR? Don't you want to see a movie every week? And My dad was, like, begrudgingly okay. So we went to The Brick, bought a Zenith VCR. Amazing. And then on the way back, I was like, you know, we should really have a movie to watch to on watch. <laughs> this thing, and so we went to Zellers where I bought Ninja Turtles on VHS, and my dad complained because it was like twenty-five or thirty dollars. And I watched that VHS more than once a week. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, I watched it a lot. Uh, it was crazy. We're gonna get into all of this,
0: listeners. Get we are gonna break down this movie. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Here's a little snippet of the soundtrack because it's just so epic. soundtrack every kid knew. Yes. Memorized.
1: This was the, I don't know, this was like the Beatles for me, the soundtrack. Like, I went nuts for this thing. I had a little tape deck, and I would listen to it every day after school. I would do my homework while listening to the Ninja Turtle soundtrack, and I must have, I, I, I. Gotta, when I see my parents next I need to apologize to them for how much I listen to this because <laughs> I've got we've got friends for them yeah Let we've got it. friends who have kids now and they're like oh I can't take the frozen soundtrack and it's like I did that to my parents with this ninja Turtle soundtrack but you, you know you turned out all right I did and the soundtrack is just the banging t- the soundtrack is banging It's like
0: the raps the the techno the yep. the they put the jokes in there, you had like Splinter like that little like sample like early like it was uh, it was well put together like this whole thing and it did, that was what was great, it still had a bit of an indie edge to it like yeah. it did feel like as huge as, as this thing became and uh, and definitely like watching the film now like it's like yeah it's got a grittiness that you didn't see in other kids films of that time like
1: yeah it definitely has this darkness to it and creepiness to it that a lot of kids' movies don't have, and I I feel like it was more of an 80s thing because if you think of Labyrinth, that's kind of dark and creepy. Right. Never-ending story is dark and creepy. Right. So as a kid, what was your favorite part? My favorite would probably have been the rooftop fight where Raphael is talking smack to a bunch of foot soldiers. And he is just destroying all of them. He's like, come on, how do you expect to beat me? And then they beat him. Uh, So it's a bit of a bittersweet scene, but uh, really shows how tough these turtles are and how tough Raphael is and how he just thought he could take on the whole world. Yeah, he's he's the star turtle of yeah. this of this movie, which was a
0: little different from the cartoon, where they really made. I mean, Michelangelo was the big time comic relief in the cartoon, I think, and uh, and Raphael was still cool in the cartoon. Yeah, um, but he was definitely the star of, of the movie. How about you? Uh, as a kid, I mean, I really liked the stuff with all the like the kids going to like the the Foot Clan. Uh, in that uh, warehouse, with where they had all the arcades and like th- the kids could do whatever they wanted. They're just like drinking pop and playing video games and like yeah, no school. And, yeah, you know <laughs> they're like playing poker and stuff. It's like this looks awesome. Yeah, <laughs> which is. Just- was- yeah, I was attracted to that, which is probably not what you want, you know. The kids you don't get that message. Yeah. Um. Weirdly, like, yeah, the stuff at April's when they're at the antique shop, like that fight scene is crazy when they're there and, like, at, at night in the rain. Like, I don't know, the Casey Jones-Raphael fight. Like, we're, we'll start going through all this now. We'll break down the characters really quick for everybody. So the four turtles, everybody knows. Leonardo, Donatello, Michelangelo, Raphael. April O'Neil. Now, this actress, I'm not sure what she went on to do. Me
1: neither. I looked her up at some point. Uh, Judith Hogue, I Judith, believe. Yeah, Judith Hogue. Um,
0: I don't know that I've ever seen her in anything else.
1: But. I saw one of the other Aprils in a Law & Order episode.
0: Oh, one of the later Aprils. Yeah, Was she not I,
1: in the other one? She's not April in the second one. Which is she, weird.
0: That is weird. She was really good in this. Definitely. she she captured the humor. like you believed she was talking to giant turtles. Like yes. that's one big thing that stood out to me in this film. I was like, oh, I don't know. I was it gonna you know, is it gonna come across like she's talking to these giant fake mm-hmm. Muppety turtle? But no, you believed it.
1: But she in a way has to carry the film because she's the one human counterpart that these turtles have for so much of it. Her reactions, like, she's basically us in that world. Like, what would we do if we saw these turtles? And so we kind of experience how weird and wonderful the turtles are through her eyes for a lot of it.
0: Yeah, she's great. And then we get Casey Jones, yep. who is, uh, you know, the sports-themed vigilante who encounters Raphael in the park. And he's played by Elias Kute, Kute- I'm not sure how to say that. Eli- Elias Koteas. K- Elias Kuteus And he... He's quite good in this too. He's Definitely, kind of doing a bit of a De Niro thing. Um, I was, yeah, I was impressed with him actually. Like he was like, all right, cool. Like you still pretty cool as a kid. You like this guy, and he's kind of like, all right, you know, full on in this world. And those are two like April and Casey have continued to be two major major characters throughout like every iteration of Ninja Turtles. Right, every the comics, cartoons, and like I had the Casey Jones action figure and. Yep. And so Casey Jones,
1: yeah, like how would you describe him? So he is, uh, you know, there's a little something wrong with him. He seeks it, uh, he, he feels that it's his purpose to dish out justice. Maybe he feels that the police aren't doing their job. He takes it personal as well. Like in the scene that we're introduced to him in, Raphael just gets the purse back from some muggers and makes sure that the woman who lost it gets it back and then, He's done with them. He scares them, and they run away. But then Casey takes it further, and he actually wants to like dish out vengeance. So he's got some issues, obviously. Uh, he just wants to beat up on bad guys.
0: Yeah, he's just hanging around in the shadows looking for people, because this is New York in 1990. Exactly. And, it's and and it's not grimy. the clean
1: New York that we know today. Exactly.
0: This is the dirty New York you read about in Spider-Man. This is the dirty New York, like Daredevil's in, and, and then the turtles. So we open on in New York City. We see the turtles. They're in the sewers. We get the logo dropping. Like, oh man, what, what, what? April O'Neil's there. She's got the yellow jacket on. And then there's that the foot try and apprehend her, right? Yep. And she's saved by the turtles, but she doesn't know who they are. And then they leave a lone sigh, right? And they escape, like Raphael's sigh, and she gets it. Mm-hmm. And then April goes back to her job. Then we meet our next character.
1: Charles. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so, what do we think about Charles? This guy seems like he's a little too clingy to April. Like, so he's her boss at the news station, but he's checking up on her personally in her place, and she lets him in. So, obviously, they've got some sort of friendship outside of work in some capacity. We know that Charles is, uh, or maybe we don't know, but we assume that Charles is a single dad. Because his son Danny is with him all the time. That's right. We never see Charles... wife. So Danny's April mom. at this point might have been a potential love interest of Charles. Yeah, like he's
0: showing up at her place when she's in her pajamas. Yeah, she's doing her makeup. She's like, "All right, Charles, I gotta go." And she, he's just like hanging out, bugging her. You know, follows her into the washroom. It's like <laughs> who is this guy? Like this. Like, <laughs> and he's just like he's her boss at the at the news station. Mm-hmm. And his son Danny is sort of the. I guess he he is like the teen. Entry into this film. So if you're a kid, you're like, okay, here's the kid in this movie. Yeah, and he's one badass, red-haired, evil. Yeah, kid.
1: I, I guess he's your typical red-haired, sort of not good kid. You yeah. know, we see this in in movies Too cliche of the eighties. Yeah, it, apologize to anyone with red hair. Listening. Well, it's it it's a movie cliche from yeah. the eighties where the kid with the red hair is like such a like. Little weasel kind of character. Like there are a lot of films where, like, I believe uh, a Christmas Story has a red haired bully, right. right? Yeah. So were, the red haired kids were not portrayed well. Yeah, in Eighties yeah. movies. I mean, there should be some sort of class action lawsuit at some <laughs> point against Hollywood. Every red haired male uh, and even uh, female should get in on this. But so so Danny is a kid who he seems like a normal looking guy. Like he doesn't look like a tough kid at all. But he's involved with the Foot Clan, and I guess it's just they offer something that he's not getting at home in terms of camaraderie or friendship or a sense of belonging. That's basically what the Foot Clan is in this in this movie, where it's a bunch of ne'er-do-well kids who can really use the guidance of an older father figure, and they seek that out in, unfortunately for them, the Shredder. Let's talk about Shredder for a second.
0: Shredder we first see when... April is on the news interviewing the police chief, who like looks like the most crooked police chief yeah. you could have. And she's questioning him about this mysterious ninja clan, rumored to be the foot. And then we cut to Shredder, and this is where we get the first scene in the movie where I was like, oh, it's a little unrealistic because Shredder throws like this dagger at the TV Mm -hmm. and it just looks like a,
1: so fake. Yeah. Because first of all, it doesn't blow up the TV. No, it just (laughs) sticks in. Maybe there's plastic in front of the screen. Yeah, like the TV keeps playing. Yeah, it keeps playing. Or maybe he just has that much of a finesse of a stroke when he's throwing his knives. He he knows to throw the knife just enough that it embeds in the glass of the TV, but doesn't shatter the glass. Because he wants to make sure he catches. He it. just wants it to look Perfect cool. Strangers right? next. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's really mad about this because this I I would presume is the first time the foot is being mentioned um, on television, and he wants to keep things quiet. Right. Um,
0: Oh yeah, we open. We see the pickpocketing kids at the start of the movie, and the music. Yeah, dun, dun, dun,
1: dun. yeah it's a really it's cool like, scene where yeah. like this wallet travels back and forth, and then this poor guy who's lost his wallet has no chance of getting it back. And then there's the Foot Clan with their van robbery. They steal a woman's TV off of her fire escape balcony. Yeah, they are some so ninja thieves. They're, like, they're 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 basically ninja thieves. They, I don't know what what else they do though. <laughs> like, are they doing anything like? Are they stealing electronics to build a machine that will take over the city? I think in this movie, it seems like they're just a, like a gang of petty thieves, really. Like, really, what are they going to do with that old lady's TV? I don't even know if it was a color TV. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, what what is the end game here? Are yeah. they selling it? Are they pawning the stuff? Are or are they just, they just hanging out in this dope-ass warehouse off on some island? I'm telling you that
0: warehouse. And they're playing NARC. Like, yeah. shout out NARC. Like, I like, know. Oh, man, the kid's playing NARC. You got the high score. Oh, man, yeah, and uh, so then there's Shredder's sort of underling. Um, what's his name? Is Tatsu? It... Tatsu. So Tatsu, okay, so Tatsu, let's talk about Tatsu first. <laughs> <laughs> so Tatsu's like, on one hand, he's sort of like the babysitter to all these kids running around wild in the warehouse and like, you know, keeping an eye on them. He's like, all right, yes, have more Pepsi, Yeah, you know, play more video games. Um, Yeah, Tatsu, so he's kind of like this harsh sort of almost like den mother to all these wayward teens (laughs) running around letting them play poker and and then he goes and trains all the foot clan ninjas as well so i guess he's sort of like their he's the main sensei under shredder i think i suppose you
1: know it's weird i've never thought of the movie the way i'm thinking of it now i loved the movie growing up I've, i've seen it easily over 100 times i've seen it more than i've seen any other movie in existence and i've never thought about who these characters really are and how they relate to one another, and now like Tatsu, I'm like really, what is his deal? <laughs> like, so you just hang out in this shitty like. Okay, as a kid, that warehouse is the bomb. There's arcade games, skateboard ramps, you can smoke, you can skate, you can drink beer or whatever. But what's tab, in it for I think him? I saw a can of Tab. Can of out. Tab. There's Mountain Dew. So. What's his deal? Why is he why is he doing this? What's in it for him? What's his end game? And like you never actually see Shredder do anything in the whole movie. He does nothing. No, that's a point of contention for me. Yeah. yeah Shredder like- does very <laughs>
0: Tatsu's like the main guy. Yeah. If you told me Tatsu was Shredder, like kinda how Natalie Portman is, you know, Amy and the right. clone, it's like, yeah, okay. Tatsu might be the real Shredder. Yeah. Yeah. But
1: Shredder does like he does dick all in the whole movie yeah. shredder we'll get to that uh, yeah. yeah sure but <laughs> so t- it's good old tattoo
0: he's one testy guy
1: he is he is uh, he's not to be trifled with and he apparently gets really upset when shredder tells him he's not good enough <laughs> so i don't know what he's trying to prove to shredder because throughout the movie he's the he's the man like he's Tatsu's the only guy doing stuff yeah yeah
0: <laughs> like he's got he's got the fear of all the foot clan like everybody obeys him he's kicking their butts and then the kids are all like oh yeah tattoo and then i don't know maybe he's just in it for like the free tv and
1: yeah Like do do let's see uh, in in the hypothetical situation that you and i are conscripted by this foot clan and we go to this warehouse and sam rockwell's there and he's telling us how oh, yeah. how great the place is anything you want to do do like At what point in this journey Are we introduced to Tatsu Like oh by the way This creepy old Japanese guy Is going to be your sensei now
0: <laughs> Like <laughs> what <laughs> Do everything Tatsu says <laughs> yeah. And I love Like the Sam Rockwell scene Is great And then I love that When it's like The kids are getting The tour of the warehouse Like yeah anything you want to do Do anything you want You can have And then the kid's like You know What's he going to ask for He can ask for like co- Cocaine or beer Or something The kid's like Got any
1: cigarettes Yeah he's like Regular A menthol <laughs>
0: Yeah, menthol. <laughs> That's real badass. Yeah. Every kid thinks a menthol cigarette. Oh man. So Tetsu uh, and we got Danny. So we find out that Danny, yes, is part of the this Foot Clan. You know, he's the Weasley, devious, uh, sketchy kid. And um, so Danny's there. There was one thing I did want to note. Oh yeah. So April uh, winds up getting followed by the Foot Clan after this news broadcast. They right. decide. All right, we're gonna go. I don't know what the end game there is. Like, yeah, like just kidnapper, killer. So Raphael comes to her rescue.
1: Yeah, and he's only looking for his side to get it back. So that's why he's following her. But then he brings her back yeah. to the sewer lair with the turtles. And actually,
0: and one of my favorite lines, like Raph has all the best dialogue in in the movie. And so he brings in, you know, the news reporter. He throws her on the couch or whatever. And the other turtles are like, what do you bring her, her here for? What's this? And then Raphael is like, uh, oh, I don't know. I wanted to redecorate a few throw pillows, a TV news reporter. What do you think?
1: Yeah. <laughs> and he's he's like, like, are you crazy? Yeah, Leo, I'm crazy, okay? A loony, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> he's is an just, amazing impression. He's just had enough of it. He's like, you already know that Raf barely wants to hang out with these guys and he tries to do the right thing, and then he gets o- ostracized for it. Yeah, he is
0: definitely, like, the m- more mature one of the bunch. He goes off and watches movies on his own, which is a great— Like, the characters are really—he's a really well-developed character. Yeah. I found Raph—you know, Michelangelo is definitely goofy. Leo's the leader. I felt Donatello was a little— like, his character was not really that developed. Of the four, it's like, all right, Donatello continues to be kind of boring. Yeah. This one, with, even though Corey Feldman did the voice.
1: Exactly. Great voice work, though, by him. Like, it yeah. obviously sounds exactly like Corey Feldman, but really suited the character in, in some way. And and Don, Donnie does have that scene with uh, Casey later in the movie where they're trying to fix up the old truck. Yeah, no. But it's not really so much character development as they're just kind of, like, insulting one another alphabetically. Where each one is taking a letter and saying a weird gack face, hose brain.
0: Yeah, and watching that scene again, I don't know what you thought, but it seemed to me like Donatello had a bit of a crush on Casey Jones. Oh, for sure,
1: for (laughs) sure. I mean, who doesn't have a crush on Casey Jones? He's he's a totally handsome, crushable fellow, I would say. Who's obsessed with sports based violence. Yeah, it's (laughs) like, I could hit you with my fist, or I can use this lacrosse stick.
0: Yeah. Oh, I. I remembered what my favorite scene was as okay. a kid cuz when I saw it and it came on I made a note here and I remembered it clearly the nunchuck scene which oh, is kind of a yes. rip off of Indiana Jones a little bit when Michelangelo was fighting the nunch or they're basically having this nunchuck off yeah. demo with the
1: foot guy and doing different nunchucky moves yeah that scene still held up really well so when you order a pizza do you ever at any point say Pizza dude's got 30 seconds, because <laughs> I say it all the time. Man. Just slip it down here. <laughs> and Domino's Pizza must have paid big money to be in that, right? Yeah, I guess. I, I don't know. Like I hadn't heard of Domino's Pizza up until this movie either, right? Like There weren't that many Domino's Pizzas here in Canada at the time, I don't think.
0: Yeah, I, and the weird thing was when the Ninja Turtles, one of the games came out on Nintendo there was a Pizza Hut coupon in it I think, yeah. for the Ninja Turtles and I was like, that's kind of weird. They're just kind of all over the
1: place. Yeah, it's like whatever
0: pizza company wants <laughs> to be part of this, come on. Get it on the Ninja Turtles Nintendo game. So, yeah, the nunchuck scene, it takes place at April's... Uh, it's, was it her dad's place? Or yeah, her, so she,
1: she lives in an apartment above an antique store that was run by her late father. This scene happens... After the foot have found Raphael And they throw him in through the skylight And now they're all fighting in April's place and of course the foot only Know about this because Danny Rats April out because he Thinks he saw a turtle under The table when you know One of his regular visits To April's house when Charles's checking in on her, <laughs> slash maybe oh, hey, hitting April, on I just, hey, just me, don't worry. Oh, you don't have any clothes on? Don't worry about yeah. it, I'll just come oh, in here. I'll water. just show up unannounced, I won't call beforehand, you might have company over. Like, what if April was entertaining a gentleman that, that <laughs> night and he was still over, you know? And, oh, all of a sudden, oh, by the way, my boss is just showing up unannounced with his son. That's just Charles, and yeah. his son
0: who steals money from me.
1: Yeah, steals money out of my wallet, and then... Tells the foot that I'm harboring Ninja Turtle fugitives.
0: Yeah, he ratted them out.
1: Yeah, so what happens is the the way the plot points go is Raphael rescues April. April freaks out, learns who the turtles are, decides that she's cool with that. Then they walk her home to make sure she's safe. They hang out with her at her place. While they're there, Splinter gets kidnapped because a foot soldier had followed Raphael back when he brought her to the base. So now- the foot know where the turtles live, and then they found out later where they were hiding out because Danny rats on them again. Danny rats them out. And speaking of rats, we forgot
0: about everybody's favorite rat dad. Splinter. Splinter, of who, course. I think, I'm assuming everyone listening to this knows the Ninja Turtles and their rat dad, Splinter.
1: Yeah, and I I would have to say that with the, in terms of puppeteering, I think Splinter is the best puppet in this whole film because you know when you're a kid and you're watching it you kind of don't pay attention to certain things but when I watched it uh, last week to prepare for this you notice that the turtles mouths kind of move really herky-jerky because they're Mm -hmm. they're just motors moving these things right but splinter's mouth is actually more like a a traditional puppet mouth so it's a little bit more natural I would say because when the turtles are talking like they're the corner of their lips are popping up and like they're doing weird things like if you really look and pay attention it's like oh it's kind of it's kind of weird yeah that's another thing that doesn't quite hold up yeah but
0: it's okay but yeah splinter he's and his hands i think look like they're a a human's hands yeah with makeup with makeup on them yeah gloves or something and yeah splinter's Quite well done. The flashback scenes with Splinter—they're a bit grainier, right? Where yeah. he's learning from his ninja master and and getting all his techniques as a, as a rat before he was mutated, right? And like Splinter's fantastic in this in this movie. He's got
1: a few corny jokes,
0: but you can't help but yeah laugh at
1: him. the ninja rat dad with a heart of gold. Exactly. And so a lot in the movie. I mean, it's it's weird because. You kind of think about, well, what's everyone's purpose in this? Why is this even happening? And, and I guess what happens is because Raphael messes with the foot's plans to silence April, that brings all of this into action where the foot then kidnaps Splinter, and now the turtles need to get Splinter back. And it just so happens that Splinter's been kidnapped by his old nemesis, Oruku Saki, who doesn't do anything other than you know run at him with a stick at some point? <laughs> <laughs> I, oh man, I know.
0: Well, you know, Shredder, and he's mean to poor Tetsu. And yeah, I will say in that melee in, in April's place, Tetsu
1: doesn't do anything. No, he's just standing there, right? <laughs> like, you you know, maybe that's why Shredder doesn't like him. Yeah, he's like, you let these kids fight the turtles, <laughs> these kids, and you just stood there in the back. I mean, he does tell them when to to leave. You wonder, like, how, how would he have fared against the turtles?
0: Yeah, and does Tatsu just get away? Like, do we ever see him again? I don't know Whatever, winds up becoming. We do, because he gets beaten up by Casey Jones. That's right.
1: Yeah, so Casey Jones gets his, his ass beat by Tatsu later in the movie. Oh, man, and I want to talk about Casey
0: Jones at the end. Remind me. With, okay. With, like, okay, that surprised me. So All here's right. a, I, a question I have for you. The turtles get back. To the sewer after spending time at the farmhouse. Yes. Which was a really cool, nice scene. It's very peaceful. It's calming. And it seems very real to take the turtles out of their normal downtown sewer setting. Yeah. Up to the countryside in some old cottage that April's family had. And with with Raph in the bathtub, actually... Trying to come back to life when they bring Raph back there, right? Because mm-hmm. he's basically in like a coma. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't come. Up, uh, uh, he doesn't wake up for days. That's like a really touching moment. It is because Leo and him have a big fight. Yeah. And then Leo's trying to wake him up.
1: Yeah. Leo just stays at the at his side while he is out the entire time because he he must be so full of guilt. Maybe he's feeling, if I didn't have this fight, he would have been okay. You don't know it's one of the beautiful things about the movie is that it doesn't explain everyone's feelings to you you just see these moments where you're left to interpret what is happening in the scene um and during that there's some narration from april because she's keeping a journal talking about her new friends and what's going on? Because she needs something to do. Like she's a reporter. Of course, she wants to document things. And uh, and it is a real touching scene when he comes back and he's like, and and Leo's like, ah, I'm so sorry, uh, blah blah blah. And Raph is like, Leo, it's okay. All right, forget about Don't it. Worry it's fine. About yeah, it. we're yeah. cool. <laughs> and his the voice of Raph is pretty
0: good. Yeah. I looked him up and, and he's done. Like I saw his face. I was like, oh, that guy's yeah, been it's in like, like
1: Pinky in like, the Brain and yeah, yeah, yeah in tons yeah. of stuff
0: he was he was quite good. So that scene was super was super touching. And it really as an adult I'm like, "Oh wow, this is you really feel the the weight uh, of that scene and, and April just sort of looking in on them. And that's when you think, "Oh, they they are real." Like the animatronics and the and the work that the Jim Henson's Creature Shop did. And I was reading this is like the last movie that Henson's Creature Shop did before Henson passed away. That's right. So, uh, I'm not sure how involved he was in this, but it's it's pretty amazing.
1: Yeah. Um but there's that scene where they come back. I think you were gonna say there's a few there's a few lines. I guess yeah. So I have a, f- a feeling I know where this is going. There's a but-
0: couple weird lines that happen. So they get back to the sewer and. Uh, they find Danny, who's been living in their in their sewer home, and Danny's like, oh, yeah, if you're hungry, there's some pizza around. What? So the turtles are, they find the pizza on, like, their coffee table. I love yeah. that they have a coffee table yeah. there, by the way. They're, like, their sewer lair is pretty sweet. Yeah, Like, as a kid, you're like, how do I get, you know, maybe if the sewer's here. Maybe I, could, <laughs> I could live there. That's pretty sweet. So they open up the pizza box, and... I don't know who says it, maybe Michelangelo, but he says, uh, do you like penicillin on your pizza? Yeah. So is he sort of just saying it's a moldy pizza? It's a moldy
1: pizza, yeah. Yeah,
0: so I was like, that's
1: pretty good writing. Like, as a kid, you wouldn't have got, what do you mean? Question, yeah, do you like penicillin on your pizza? And then it's like heartbroken, they lay it to rest. Yeah, so that's
0: a deep cut.
1: But, and, like, what kid would know what penicillin
0: is? Uh, yeah, like, I was like, all right, cool. They're not dumbing it down, right? Which so many movies now do. do yeah. Like Transformers or whatever. You see these movies, like, oh, come on. These are just the basis jokes. Like, this movie gets kid humor right. Like, yeah. it's smart. There's a good balance. There's definitely the stuff that kids are going to think is cool. And it, it, it just
1: doesn't really feel dumbed down.
0: Now, the other thing, though, the Casey Jones line.
1: Oh, yes. So when Casey's like, What? You mean we got to sleep down here? And uh, Jonatello's like, You're claustrophobic. And and Casey thinks he's being called homosexual. I could only assume. And he's like, This macho guy is like, What? You want a fist in the mouth? I've never even looked at another guy before. And it's like, What? Like, where's that coming from? Yeah, like, (laughs) first of all, like,
0: he's not calling him homophobic. He was calling him claustrophobic. Yeah. But he's yeah. acting homophobic
1: as his reaction. Yeah.
0: So it was a very weird like that line did and I had to rewind that. I was like, that's like, not what? quite Yeah,
1: me. yeah. It it kind of especially how far we've come socially in terms of the public's acceptance of, you know, different people. Like we've got pride parades happening and like straight people are going to Pride parades and Oh yeah. Like it's like, not yeah. It's like d- it's d- not even a thing. Like here in Toronto it's like all right, so what? Like you're gay, that's good. No one cares, but it's still shocking to to see, especially now, where it's like, oh my god, like no one would ever say that right now. No, if you had a homophobic
0: anything in a Ninja Turtles cartoon or movie now, for like, for, forget about it. It's yeah, it, it's insane. So, so that was a little, uh, but we get past it. Yeah, We're
1: but m- moving on. But even before that, April is racist. Yes, when the when the Foot Clan ambush her on the subway platform, she's like, what, am I behind on my Sony payments again? And she kind of laughs. It's like, what, because a bunch of Asian dudes are coming around? Oh, man, I like, didn't even catch that yes, one. Yes, it's
0: it's ridiculous. I, you know what, and I, you know, it's funny, because both those lines, I remember even as a kid, not understanding. Yeah. Like, that's yeah, that's a bit weird. Am I behind on my Sony? They're all wearing masks, first yeah. of all. Is it because they're but ninjas? The,
1: but the guy who's speaking has a decidedly Asian accent, I would say. Yeah, okay, well, that's another check against it. Yeah, (laughs) it's like, "Eh, oh, you could have done better than that. And even if it's not meant in that way, the fact that I interpreted it that way is troublesome. Yeah. Maybe it says more about me than, than the actual film, but I remember watching that as a teenager and thinking, wow, this is like, she shouldn't say that. Like, she's supposed to be a good character. She's befriending mutant turtles. I know. Like, you know, think how, she'd get how you think she's getting along with her be... fellow humans. Oh, <laughs> you can't, you could be friends with a bunch of mutant turtles, but you can't be friends with Asian dudes? What?
0: Yeah. One strike against April. Maybe right. that's why they didn't ask her back for the second movie. <laughs> <laughs> but they wrote the script. <laughs> Maybe that was improv. Oh, improv. <laughs> <laughs> improv O'Neil over here. Wow. Oh, my gosh. So the turtles are back in their lair. They find Danny, the evil kid, who's basically had a... He's come
1: around, and he feels bad, and he's hes repenting for his sins. So he's still playing it close to his chest, because right now he's just hiding from his dad, and he's hiding from the Foot Clan, because he's seen that the Foot Clan are bad. But at this point, we don't know. Like, there's no communication. And it's like, oh, by the way, your rat dad ninja master is in this warehouse. He never tells anyone anything. We only find out because Casey sees him leave in the middle of the night and follows him. So Casey follows him, and then they find Splinter. That's right. And that's when, and Splinter,
0: that's a pretty cool scene when Splinter's sort of... He's tied up against a chain-link fence and he's kind of wet, and dirty, and grimy. looks like he's maybe been tortured by yeah. Tetsu. Or, or not eaten or in Sam a Rockwell. while. Yeah. So they come in, and then Casey then we get into a fight scene yeah
1: so basically casey and danny try uh rescuing splinter danny and splinter already have this relationship at at this point because splinters talked to him a few times like saying like you know have you no one to go to no family and then he tells him the backstory of urukusaki being a murderous jealous man and danny finds out that he puts it together that Orokusaki is the shredder. He never actually says, Oh my god, that's the Shredder, but you could see it in his face that he understands that he takes his Foot Clan headband. God, he's always off. yelling at Uncle Uncle Tatsu. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Tatsu's cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he did after the movie. Yeah, he's just like, I'm gonna open up a cheesecake place. But <laughs> but yeah, like Danny takes off his Foot Clan headband and presumably at that point is like, That's it. I'm done with the Foot Clan. I need to turn my life around. And that's when Shredder confronts him, and they find the sketch of Leonardo, and they know that the turtles are back. So then, with the foot distracted, now the turtles are back. Let's go get them. That's when Danny and Casey rescue Splinter. Splinter is uh, really confused by Casey's appearance there, and he tries to ask him like who he is, like a few times before Casey's like I'm Casey Jones. I'm a friend, and it's like it's a good scene because like. I feel like if that was made today, there'd be like a a more explanation like, oh, well, I know your turtle buddies and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, this is just here I am. I'm here to rescue you. Let's get the hell out. Yeah, they
0: just gloss. It's just kind of like, it's all right. Just no time to talk. Let's do this. And then Casey gets into a fight. And do you notice Casey gets his butt kicked? Yes. If he doesn't have any sporting goods. Exactly. So he's not much of a fighter, <laughs> so much as he is a guy who likes to swing things. Yeah, as soon as he like stumbles over a box of golf clubs, he's like, All right, we're back in business. Yeah. And he's like then he gets like a cricket paddle or something. He's invincible. But, yeah, you know, on his own, people are like throwing him all over the place. Yeah. But watch out Tetsu, if Casey's got a <laughs>
1: he's, got, he's got a nine iron smacking him in the face Yeah,
0: forget about it Which is kind of fun, right? He gets his powers from sports equipment And as a kid you're like, yeah Every kid's <laughs> got like some kind of tennis racket or something yeah. Kicking around their Dad's own. golf clubs Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how many violent <laughs> sports-themed vigilantes Casey Jones spawned um, So another good point I wanted to bring up Which is actually pretty fun And as a kid I loved it And as an adult I really loved it the shell puns.
1: Yes, <laughs> I mean, well, you are by trade a rapper, so a lot of your lyrics are clever. They're funny. There's puns, and there's a real skill to it to be able to put these pepper your your vocabulary and your dialogue with puns. And the Ninja Turtles film, maybe it's somewhat responsible. It's where it came yeah, from, it's, you like, know?
0: it's like that sense of humor, definitely. Like,
1: yeah, Ninja Turtles. Like,
0: I don't know, like. Where the shell are you going? You yeah. Know? <laughs> like,
1: let's kick some shell or yeah. or wheel of fortune. Where the shell is that guy? Yeah. <laughs> there's there's so many good jokes slash cheesy jokes in the movie. Or when Michelangelo comes into the farmhouse and he's he's aching and it's not even a vo- a vocal joke. He just goes for the turtle wax instead of <laughs> instead of like ointment. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: man. Danny and Casey rescue Splinter. Yeah.
1: The turtles. The turtles make their way to the top of the building. That's right, And they start fighting off the foot clan. So I'm not sure, even in watching it again, I'm not sure what makes the turtles go topside other than the fact that that's where the foot are coming from. Because you see the scene where they're all, like, infiltrating the sewer. The turtles make short work of the first group, and then they head up top. And then they end up climbing this fire escape where, lo and behold shredders on the roof or actually they end up climbing the fire escape and shredders not even there yet he drops down out of the air from nowhere yeah like, where does he come from like some kind of ninja copter does yeah he's yeah, just Shredder. like he just drops down that was a bit weird i mean he yeah. looked
0: he looked kind of badass except yeah. for those shoulder
1: pads and also like the rick james outfit like the sparkly red it's kind of weird yeah shredders kind of the weak link yeah in this
0: then like the shredders are all they all take turns All the turtles decide to take turns to fight Shredder. And one by one, he basically kicks their butt. Yep. And then Splinter starts climbing up the fire escape.
1: Yep. And he just shows up. Like, no one knows. No one in the film knows that he's doing this. At this point, Casey and. Danny have reached where the battle is I'm not even sure where this battle is like the island was that close that they were just like oh is this battle going I don't know I would like to see a map of where things happen yeah
0: like I'm guessing it's the top of the warehouse or like the building next door like who? Kn- how many
1: buildings do the well, clan own here's the thing the warehouse is on an island somewhere but the turtle lair is on the mainland if I'm not mistaken so I guess they I guess Casey, Danny, and Splinter follow the foot to wherever they're going and they end up now all at the same place which is near the the lair. It's above the
0: lair, okay? Yeah. So it's the top, yeah, it's the top building above the lair. Yes. Okay.
1: And so now we've got this final confrontation where Shredder's about to kill Leonardo, gets the Ninja Turtles to drop their weapons so that he doesn't kill him, but then decides I'm going to kill Leonardo anyway, and that's when Splinter shows up. He Calls him out by his name, Oroku Saki. And Shredder removes his mask, reveals the claw mark that Splinter left as a small rat, and then is like, now I will finish what I began with your ear. And then just decides to run at him with this pokey stick. Bad move, Shredder. You're running at a guy who's <laughs> sitting on the edge of a building, and he's running like full force. Like, even if this stick pokes Splinter, Shredder's gonna fall off the building. Yeah. So, like, there's no way he's coming back from this. Turns out that on the way up, Splinter grabbed Mikey's nunchucks. He does some nunchuck trickery, flips Shredder over, and now Shredder is hanging and being held only by Splinter with these nunchucks and then decides that he's going to be a smart guy and try to throw a knife at Splinter, which he then catches, dropping the nunchucks and Shredder into a garbage truck.
0: <sighs> okay, obviously Splinter is super badass. Here. Yes. So, first of all, the turtles can't beat Shredder. No. Splinter does it. Secondly, Shredder drops into this garbage truck, and this is what I want to talk about Casey Jones. Like, Casey Jones is leaning against this garbage truck, Yeah, and then he's just like, "Uh uh-oh, and he leans into what I guess we're supposed to believe is some sort of, like, crushing, garbage-crushing device. Yeah, he throws
1: (laughs) the switch, crushing Shredder, and then he just, like, walks away. It's like, you just... Crushed a human. Yeah, you just murdered a dude. (laughs) Is like, oops, what? And and also, what has Shredder done up until this point that's really that evil? Like, you know, kidnapping, stealing, running a maybe running a cult. I don't know. It it's weird.
0: Yeah, Casey Jones is a heartless
1: murderer. Yeah,
0: like that's basically what I take away from it. Everyone's like, yeah, all right. He's like, yeah, okay, cool. And then April's like, just kiss me already. Yeah. Okay, what? So, yeah, that's another thing I noticed. Casey Jones is a heartless killer in this movie.
1: Yeah. And got away with it. Never thought about that. No. And I did, then.
0: I didn't think twice about it.
1: Minutes after this showdown happens, then the news van shows up. Then the cops show up. It's like, where were you guys? They didn't notice all these ninjas fighting, <laughs> let alone <laughs> giant mutant animals fighting yeah. on this roof. Like, how did they cover this
0: up? All's well that ends well, I guess, yep. except for Shredder. We don't see Tetsu again. Danny sort of becomes reformed. Yeah. And uh, and we get taken out by the greatest movie-ending rap song possibly in history. Turtle Power by Partners T-U-R-T-L-E in Crime. Power. T-U-R-T-L-E Power. T-U-R-T-L-E Power. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
1: It's pretty badass. It's a really good song. It's got a great beat. The synths are amazing Uh, it's so good and And it's a full rap yeah and the flow (laughs) is amazing like if that was a rap song that wasn't about ninja turtles it would be like the most popular song ever it's so good yeah and it was the most popular song it was if you were nine years old exactly (laughs) now funny thing about that song though in the rap that always bothered me is that they call it Raphael is the leader of the turtles when he's not but i guess it's just a flow thing
0: yeah, like well Raphael definitely is the leader in, you know, a lot of ways. But yeah. everyone knew Leonardo was a designated leader. And in the comics they were always sort of fighting, like yeah. who was gonna be the leader, Leonardo, Raphael, um and Donatello and Michelangelo could care less. Exactly. Right? But it is a it is a weird choice. Maybe some maybe it was just a super fan who was trying to like make his own take. He's like, no nah, man, see Raphael. He that's what he, I've grown to like hope that that may be like his reasoning, or like or maybe somebody's like, I know who's the leader. Oh Raphael, yeah, he's the uh, the leader. Yeah, like like what? And he's kind of got like an MC Search kind of style rapping on it. Like when, yeah. you, when you hear it for the first time, it's like like now listening, you're like wait a second, I'm sure that's not MC Search, right? Yeah. Um, but no partners in crime who I don't know how much they went on to do after that. I'm Not sure too Jesse much. dangerously knows. Not like. too much. So, soundtrack is good. Now I want to talk about
1: what you think really holds
0: up in this movie and what you think doesn't.
1: Well, I would say that the the length of the movie holds up. It's nice to see a superhero movie that's like just around 90 minutes. Yeah, it's pretty well-paced. You yeah. get the origin story broken up into two pieces which is uh pretty good it's actually one of the better origin story movies i would say uh, for uh, comic book heroes i think a lot of the humor holds up still and the action holds up and of course this is a movie that means a lot to me because i've seen it more than any other movie in fact i bought it on itunes and i have it on my phone so i could watch it on my phone if i wanted to If i really needed the turtle fix it's there the childhood you is like, oh my god! Exactly. I have this movie with me everywhere I go in exactly. my pants. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so what holds up? I I feel like it is a great um, time capsule piece. It's one of those things where this world that the movie takes place in never existed, but it certainly will never exist now because it's like late '80s New York City, gritty, dirty. And it feels like it's at home with movies like Taxi Driver, even I would say, like or Basket Case, things where you know the world is dirty and messed up, and just weird characters doing questionable stuff. And uh, yeah, now, it's very of course, gray and wet and yeah. dirty
0: and dark everywhere you turn in this
1: film, like, yeah, which like, is different than a kids' movie you'd see today. Yeah, yeah, and and so many of the problems in this film would have been solved with you know, cell phones. Like, where's Raph? It's like, well, he's got his turtle comm. Yeah, he's just on the roof. Or April having to walk to the next house to use the phone or, or whatever. So I, I feel that this movie holds up as a slice in time, just a, a look back to the past. I don't know if it would be as good if it were to come out today, but it's definitely a product of its era. And, um... I still enjoyed watching it um just last week. Like I knew all of the lines, I knew what was coming and it was still it was still fun. Like it's a fun movie despite how dark it is. Yeah, was there anything you liked about it now that you didn't like about it as a kid? Now I can of relate to how grumpy Raphael is all the time like he's just had enough it's like oh, I hang out with these same people all the time I want to go out I want to explore the world <laughs> a little more you know yeah. and it must be tough as a teenager you know you've got your little group and and he especially can't leave because he's a turtle and people would freak out so I could relate to, to that a little bit more and I can also strangely relate to Danny a little bit more uh, even though he's much younger than I am right now, uh, in the film, anyway. Um,
0: yeah, he's kind of neglected by his
1: dad. He's just yeah, kind of like, yeah, oh, this but, is cool. I like,
0: want to go to this warehouse. And
1: but you get that sense. It's like, yeah, you want to, at that age, feel new things and, and discover new things and find your place in the world. I think, like all of us, even now, we're just still trying to figure out how we fit into all of this, you know? Um, and I feel that that is what I can take away From it now, it's like this sense of uh, camaraderie, companionship, friendship, and uh, you know, doing the right thing um, in spite of the odds being against you. So that's the message that I take away now. And plus, the soundtrack is just so good; like, I still love the soundtrack. It's incredible. And thinking about
0: this movie coming out almost thirty years ago, yeah, which is crazy to me. It's still so many things still really do hold up. The stuff I noted that I didn't really like. Like, some of the effects are a little wonky. Mm -hmm. I really like the animatronics. Like, that's still... I'm still impressed by that. I was worried that I'm like, oh, these turtle suits are going to look kind of dumb. They look really good. They do. And the sets are fantastic. The costumes, the way they stuck to a lot of the core storylines and sort of plots of the comic books but managed to incorporate stuff from the cartoon because they knew a large part of their audience were going to be like eight-year-olds and kids you know and there's an honesty to the film which is really surprising and there's some really somber pure moments like I believe that these turtles really had emotion and cared and worried when their ninja rat dad was kidnapped and they didn't know where he was. You know, I believe Tetsu was, you know, kind of in the wrong career and really yeah. was kind of like <laughs> questioning his choices in life and starting to just get frustrated with the shredder. And
1: maybe he did go off and start a cheesecake factory. We <laughs> don't know. Yeah. It really is a movie about family and. Yeah love and friendship um, which is something that as a kid I didn't pick up on like you see even in the first scene where the turtles are talking to Splinter for the first time he's basically telling them hey I'm not going to be around forever and he accepts his mortality and he's trying to get them to accept this which is like a really heavy thing to open a kid's movie up with if you think about and then he is gone though not dead but kidnapped like even after that scene when Donatello skates up to Michelangelo who's just like waiting for the pizza, Donatello's like the pensive one. He's like, hey, you ever think about what it would be like? Like what Splinter said, like not having him? And Michelangelo's not having any of that discussion. He's no, like, he's off in his own pizza world. dude's got 30 seconds, man. That's all I care <laughs> about. So yeah, it's uh, it's a really heavy movie if you think about it like that. Like, yeah, and definitely
0: aimed at kids, right? Like most kids probably were like 7 to 12 when they saw this movie. You know, That was sort of like the the target. Yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised at how much I liked it as a kid and you liking it so much now. And so here we are. The big question, do you still like this? Cowabunga, hell yeah. <laughs> I still, I still love this movie. Awesome. I love it. I still like it, too. You, it's like, it, it's undeniable. Now, I don't know if you've never seen this movie and you've watched it for the first time compared to something like what we're getting now with, like, the modern movies, modern comic book movies. There was definitely an era when this was, it really was, I think, the best comic book adaptation, at least for throughout my childhood. It's really good when you get a movie like this that can just stand the test of time and you look back on it and you're not like, oh, you know, I was smart as a kid. Like, I get, I, I know why I liked it as a kid, the humor and the family, but you really touched on some really good points about the family and the, the introspection of it. And
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's so much going on in movies nowadays. Like, they're almost like, you gotta have this, you gotta have that, you gotta have this. And this movie doesn't really fit that, it doesn't really fit that cookie-cutter, Mad Libs approach to superhero movies, you know? There's a lot of weird stuff happening there's some pacing where it's just like really slow and you could really think about what's going on even in the slower scenes like there's a great part where they're summoning splinter by the fire and Raph's like if you dragged us out here for nothing and then Donatello's like don't worry i can't prepare he's got these marshmallows (laughs) like i laughed out loud even knowing that that part was coming up i was like oh my god like It's hilarious. Yeah, the humor is leveraged perfectly. Yeah. You've
0: got this dark scene there when they're trying to channel the ghost or channel Splinter's mind. Yeah. They do an incredible job of balancing that humor with the darkness and getting it. Just when you get really dark, they bring you back up again. Yeah. Nice work, Ninja
1: Turtles, the movie. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. And for a director who really wasn't known for anything and uh, a. relatively unknown cast I would say other than Elias Cateas who had been in a lot of other stuff an amazing achievement so listeners
0: I think you gotta go see this movie again if you
1: you haven't seen it in a long time do
0: yourself a favor fear not you may very well still like this Sean thanks so much for coming by thank you for having me it's always a pleasure All right. Cowabunga It's those heroes on half a shell Happy to say it's a flick You don't have to shell Raphael, Mike, Leo, and Donatello Still hold up on TV Or on your cell phone Well known They got a rap for a dad Casey Jones makes sporting good Sporting bad But let me ask you What's up with Tatsu? Who is that dude? Bad news Like if April loses work Don't trust Danny, that kid's a jerk And the Foot Clan got beat up pretty easily They should probably just stick to stealing TV Shredder just couldn't match the vigor Like no kids wanted a Charles action figure But yes, see, I highly recommend TMNT You should see them plenty Yeah And see you next time To see if Do you still like this movie? What? (laughs) Thanks for tuning in Shout out coins for this amazing beat If you want more podcast action Check out our other podcast Weekend at Burgies Available however you found this one And more news I'll be on tour I'm off to Japan right now Check out wordburglar.com If you uh, have any interest And in find out what I'm up to And uh, we'll see you soon For episode 3 Mail C